When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And it is a, uh, a coronavirus podcast. Us, right we're all in separate places we are we are uh, abiding by the social uh distance that everybody is uh talking about obviously everything in sports as of right now canceled the nfl meeting scheduled for the end of this month canceled which doesn't really have a big impact obviously to the fans but jake as somebody who obviously knows how this whole scenario goes. There's two things that I'd like to discuss before we get into our AFC West preview, and that is the impact that having the NFL meetings being canceled, and then more so from a draft perspective, and and you can jump in on this, and I will too, on the pro days being canceled for for all the for all the scouts that were headed out to go see some pro days. So let's start with the NFL meetings. What are what are the direct impacts potentially, if any, uh, of that being canceled? Well, I think all of those people have the capabilities of doing video conference, still being able to talk to each other. Uh, you're talking about biggest thing is rule changes, stuff that gets implemented, stuff that gets voted on during those league meetings where they have a direct impact on, uh, like, like last year, such a big deal with pass interference. Um, but, but I think all of those people have the ability to talk. They can still get stuff done if they need to vote on it. Biggest thing is the pro days, taking the scouts and the coaches off the road with such a huge impact. The combine has become such a big thing, and I, I'm guessing there's probably going to be some video conferencing on some interviews with some of these guys, but you're talking about these top first-round first, first round picks, second-round picks taking up, upwards of 15 visits. You're cutting all that out. Uh, we've seen a couple of them continue, but most of that I think is going to be cut out. And then what actually happens with the draft? Now, we're hearing rumors of like the Bellagio Fountains and the biggest show that we've ever seen after 600,000 people were in Nashville last year for three days. I don't know what's going to happen, but if they cancel that and it's all done on TV, uh, at least we'll have something to watch. But I, I mean, it's just unprecedented stuff. I hope everybody takes it seriously, but uh, I'm not real sure how it impacts everything other than it's just different. It's unprecedented. Yeah, it's it's different. And it's definitely from a from a league year perspective, right? It kind of feels like we're we're in a different we were waiting to see if they were potentially going to push things back they're gonna go through with hey the timetable they they had already pushed the franchise tag uh and and that back so that's continuing right with this this upcoming week we have a new start to the nfl league year and that seems like it's all gonna go through in the way that we think it is so is there other than that jamie do you see there any being any direct impacts other than we're we're waiting on the draft we're waiting on some of these other things. Obviously, we talked about the pro days, but is there going to be any impact maybe in free agency? You know, I think most of the NFL-related impact is going to be more aesthetic uh, because they are in the offseason. 
I mean, look, you, you can conduct the draft without having anybody riding on boats up to the stage in Las Vegas. I mean, that's all the pageantry. That's the glitz, the glamour. Uh, that's where there's some money there and there's going to be some, some revenue lost uh, on that side of things. But effectively, you don't need to be there to do the, conduct the draft the way you want to. Um, you have all the stuff on film already. You're, you're kind of just narrowing things down and trying to get a little bit more information. Um, obviously, it has a little bit of an effect because you, you want to do more than just talk to the player via Skype. You want to see certain things, see certain activities. But we've already through the combine. I mean, we were through a lot of these big events already. Uh, I don't see it having a massive impact unless this carries on uh, a lot longer. Uh, the things that get interesting to see how long it carries on because there were some reports that have been conflicting out of out of Philadelphia uh, about these big events being shut down for up to six months. And if that happens, then you are talking about where you're going to play Eagles home games or, or, or things of that nature. But as far as everything else goes from the NFL side of things, at least at the moment, we'll have to reevaluate where we are one, two, three months down the road. But at the moment, it's going to be more of an aesthetics problem for them than I think a functionality problem. I think yeah, the most I encouraging am. thing, Paige, sorry to cut you off there, is that we've seen some like Matthew Judon and Hunter Henry. We've seen some tags. We've seen Danny Trevathan agree to a contract. We know the players are voting on the CBA this weekend. We should have an answer on Sunday. The league year and free agency will start next week, and the tampering period starts on Monday. The league year starts on Wednesday. All of that seems to be going forward. So to me, the fact that there's movement and there's news with some of these contracts and these guys getting tagged, I think that's very encouraging that the NFL is trying to, as much as possible, proceed business as usual. If we weren't hearing anything going through this weekend, uh, it'll be I'd, be, I'd be getting really nervous. And Jamie hit the nail on the head. We don't know if this is, you know, everything's canceled through April 6th, but we've heard it could be three to seven months of who knows what's going to happen. Um, so I, I like the fact that it's right now proceeding with business as usual and we'll wait and see later on. But that, that tells me free agency shouldn't really get hit too bad. Hopefully the players are smart enough to vote on the CBA and get done um, and, and go from there. I think that's the biggest thing we're waiting on, right, is the, is the CBA has had quite a bit of an impact on the franchise tag and how certain teams are handling things. And obviously, the Dak Prescott's name's been thrown in there. Different. That's that's more so, and that has nothing to do with the coronavirus, right? That's just been because of the CBA, because of the, the because we've been voting on this and we're waiting on it. We've been kind of sitting around and waiting for what was going to happen. But I'm in agreement with you, Jake. I think the fact that we've seen and and we'll talk about Hunter Henry more as we get into the AFC West, but that's a good sign as things continue to progress because the reality is they don't need any in-person time for that, right? These are phone calls. These are discussions. These are times with the agents. And as we well know, although the legal tampering period starts on Monday, it'll be incredible how many contracts are agreed to instantaneously because there's already been bunch and bunch of conversations going on over the last two weeks, right, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say there has, but we all know there has. Technically, Monday is legal tampering, but by the time Wednesday gets there to sign, we'll have all these deals announced with the way the world is now with Rappaport and Schefter and all these guys getting all the information. Uh, there's not going to be a whole lot that will be hidden uh, between Monday and Wednesday. We'll know a lot of it. Uh, it's just, you know, it's really interesting to me how this whole thing could play out. Uh, but the, the CBA has to get done this weekend. I mean, if the, the players okay. have gotten more than they've ever gotten. And yes, you have guys at the top. But if the rest of the players are going to pay attention to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, the two highest paid players in the NFL, 
I don't know how that makes a lot of sense because if they don't think the, the economy is going to take a massive hit from all these sports being canceled, the trickle-down effects of everything else going on, there's no way the CBA is going to be better for them a year from now than it is right now. The revenue share is going to be an absolute match right now, sign it this weekend, and make up for it after the economy takes a massive hit in the next 18 months. There's no way, in my opinion, as a former member of the union, that you could could, could vote this down and go into next spring. Because if they vote it down this, week, this weekend, it goes till next year. And now we're talking about serious chance of work stoppage. Yeah, and I think there's been some miscommunication or misunderstanding by the fans. This doesn't impact this upcoming season, right? There's been, this doesn't, this season will be played out exactly how it's going to be played out. And then we're talking about 2021. So there's not going to be work stoppage coming into this season. It's, it's for next season. And I, I think you're bringing up a very good point, Jake. And I've, I've already seen quite a few, you know, other players in the league come out and be pretty vocal that we want to get this done, right? Because it's, to let this linger, and I think you obviously bring up a point that we couldn't have foreseen two, three weeks ago, that the economy is going to look a lot different potentially a year from now, right? And probably taking advantage of the fact that the league had a really good year, you're, you're going to get offered, you are being offered quite a bit more. I think this is going to get done this week, and I think we're going to be talking about it on Monday. But I guess we have to foresee, I, I, we, can't, we can't be sure on that, because I thought this was going to be done already, to be honest with you guys, and it's not. So think of it as your favorite player becoming a free agent, right? Like you could wrap up Patrick Mahomes, like Dak Prescott. You could have wrapped him up last year. He went into the final year of his contract and risked it. Now you could you could lose him. So you could tag him by eleven fifty nine on Monday, or the tampering period starts at twelve on Monday. If he doesn't get tagged, then this is exactly the same thing. So if the, if the players want to vote this down and go into next season, now we have nothing. Yeah. Right now, I don't know who has yeah. the leverage. I, I don't know how they risk that. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting dynamic that could potentially play out. But I do envision that the CBA will will go through and and will have an agreement come Monday morning. But to be determined. Uh, let's get into the AFC West. That's the division we are previewing today. Obviously, this is our free agency previews. You guys, if you. Haven't listened to the podcast. Uh, quite a few of you probably have some more free time because a lot of people are working from home. A lot of things have been canceled and there's obviously no conference tournaments to watch this weekend. So maybe take this time to go back and listen to all the previews for what will inevitably start happening on Monday, right? So Monday through and then the new league year on Wednesday, it's going to be a wild ride. And we're going to start things off with the Kansas City Chiefs who obviously are coming off a Super Bowl win. They, there's been discussions about Mahomes getting his money this offseason. I think they're going to punt on that, but we, we shall see. They're not in any rush to get that done as of right now. The cap space they have available is $13.7 million as of right now, Jamie. Some of their key free agents, why don't you run through and see if there's anybody there that you envision, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs holding on to? Well, obviously the, uh, the big one is, is Chris Jones, who they're going, they're placing the franchise tag on him. Um, so we'll see what happens with that scenario. And if they work out a long-term deal, if they work out, a, a, it's like a sign and trade or whatever that ha happens to be. That was obviously the biggest piece. Kendall Fuller's an interesting one. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to be able to bring him back. They might have to look into the draft to replace that position. Stefan Wisniewski, Emmanuel Ogba, Brashad Breeland, uh, Demarcus Robinson. So 
Uh, really, I mean, guys that – I mean, those are not insignificant pieces, but the two big names are Chris Jones and, and Kendall Fuller, and we'll see how the Jones scenario plays out because – uh, they don't have a ton of cap space right now, particularly if Sammy Watkins is still playing for them next year and not going to take a rest. Uh, so they're going to be in an interesting situation here where they're going to need to rely on the draft to help improve uh, that secondary, particularly at cornerback, just a little bit more, especially if they lose Fuller, even despite as well as they played in the back half of the year. Yeah, we have some targets for them to talk about. I mean, I think they absolutely have to bring back Wisniewski. You're talking about the best quarterback in football needs as much protection as possible. And that offensive line's healthy is pretty damn good. You know, they could, uh, they, and they got to get help on defense. I mean, they got to help a corner. They got to get help a linebacker. If they lose Chris Jones and they got to serious, get serious help at the interior defensive line, I think Chris will be back regardless. Uh, but it's really interesting with Sammy Watkins because if Demarcus Robinson does get decent money to go somewhere else, I'm not talking like a ton, but if they, if they wanted to give him minimum stuff and somebody gives him two or three million, you lose him and, and Sammy Watkins, this is interesting. They could be very low on weapons. As crazy as that sounds, right? I mean, it's you still got yeah, Terry Kill, no. you, still got, you still got Kelsey, but your depth could be hurting here. I think they also need to add some running backs. This is a very, very important draft for the Chiefs. It's not a lot of cap space. Even if Sammy's gone and you're up to 27, Chris Jones is eating up 18 of that. I, I mean, there's not a lot left. And I don't think they have no. the money to redo uh, Patrick Mahomes right now. So I, even if they want to, and we've heard maybe they'll wait till after the draft and all that kind of stuff, I don't think they can. Yeah, I think they're going to have to I think they're going to have to wait, right? I, I don't envision a scenario in which they're going to be able to make this happen as of right now. And I think we've talked about it before, guys. We said, "Listen, this version of the Chiefs could look a lot better in the future because really the weapons there are not that great, right? You have Travis Kelsey and you have Tyree Kill and then it's kind of okay, right? And and that's where I think I've seen a lot of mock drafts, and I don't know how much you guys have been paying attention to the Chiefs specifically, but where the Chiefs are just going all in on, okay, we know our bread and butter is Mahomes, and we are going to just load up on weapons. And there's a lot of receivers in this draft. There's a lot of running backs in this draft. And there's a good opportunity, Jamie, that they could address a lot of this in the upcoming draft. Yeah, and, and I, but I think for fantasy purposes, we're looking at those day two picks because I still think if like if there's a Gladney or a Diggs or somebody available to them at 32, especially if they don't re-sign Fuller, which I, I don't think they're going to, you really need to address that area of your team. And you can find that running back, that receiver on day two uh, with those picks there because I understand saying, well, we want to put as many weapons around Mahomes as possible, and I get it. But if you're going to run onto the field with Kelsey and Hill and Watkins and another year of Nicole Hardman, I'm not sure with the deficiencies you have on the other side of the ball that you can really afford to spend that pick on another player at either at the running back or wide receiver position. Even though those are needs, I just don't think you can spend your first round pick on that. Yeah, that's a great point. I think they could even address that on day three with some of the guys. With Andy Reid's looking for speed. He's looking for specific guys to play specific roles in that offense. I think they could find that on day three. That's a great point, Jamie. I mean, they could lose Brashad Breland and Kendall Fuller. Now they're really short at corner. Now, this defense played really good down the stretch, but they were really bad early on the first year of this new defense coordinator. But they still need help. And if Chris Jones ends up being, a, I'm going to sit out, I'm not, I'm not playing on the tag, and you got to do something like they did last year with D Ford, this, this defense gets really interesting. I mean, you could maybe see Martinez, Kwiatkowski, some of these free agents floating around because they need linebacker help as well. But I think they absolutely have to take the best defensive player on the board, probably corner in that first round. 
Yeah, they're lucky that this draft class has serious depth, right? So they don't really need to. There's going to be a, a really good running back and wide receiver available when they pick later on, right? It, it, it's, there's a lot of depth there at those positions, and if they can find somebody that they really like, um, they'll more than likely be available to pick up in the in the second or the third round on a day two. All right, guys, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. They've got uh, significantly more cap space than the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They got better as as the year went on. It'll be interesting to see how this team looks going into next year. We were all a bit higher on them last year than really everybody else was. They're sitting at about almost $60 million of cap space, Jamie, with 62 guys under contract. Some of the big conversations, Chris Harris Jr., that's been talking. He's been linked to a bunch of different places Shelby Harris, I know, wants to stay in Denver. I know him really well. Um, he's hoping to stay there. He played a big part for them. We'll see if that deal gets done. What are some of the key guys here amongst this bunch that you see staying in Denver? Well, to me, look, look Chris Harris is gone. They pretty much made that decision yep. when they traded for A.J. Boyer. Um, so they've kind of made his replacement there. But, I mean, we're looking at some significant free agents for them. Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Connor McGovern, Derek Wolf, Ron Leary. Those are all significant pieces to this team. Uh, that I think they need to make every effort in the world to re-sign as many, if not all, of those five guys as possible. I think those are all very key place, pieces to that team. I'm curious to see what the market is for Justin Simmons how, coming off of a sensational season. He might, you know, if a team gets really excited, uh, they might he might price himself out of Denver there. But they need to re-sign all of these guys. And then at that point, um, if they do, it solves some of their other issues. Because right now I have interior offensive line as an issue because I'm assuming they may or may not have McGovern and Leary. I mean, if you sign those guys, you don't have to dip too much into the market there. They'd still need to add another wide receiver, I think. They need somebody else um, aside from Cortland Sutton in that offense. Uh, we'll see what the tight end position brings to them. But uh, I, I look at this team and I think that if they're able to bring back those key guys, the, the, the five guys or at least most of the five guys that we just talked about, this is a team that can compete. I think this is going to be the best division in football next year. Uh, they played a lot better in the second half of the year. They had a brutal schedule to begin the season, and it really it really set them so far back they could never recover. But this is a team that's going to be extremely competitive. If they can bring back some of their own guys, maybe bring in another weapon uh, and the, uh, for uh, Drew Locke and then have a decent draft, I think this is a team that's going to be a playoff contender. I agree. And they lost a lot of games by three or four points early, missed field goals, you know, stuff like that. This, this season could have been different. And then they were a very different team when Drew Locke took over. Uh, I agree that they need weapons, but I think more importantly, they got to bring these guys back on the offensive line. This draft is going to be vitally important to them as well. I can see Justin Simmons is probably going to get tagged. He's been linked to that already if, if it hasn't officially happened. Uh, so that's one way you're going to keep him around. Derek Wolf was interesting to me, really solid player for them. Uh, I don't know what the market's going to be like for him, but I think that's another locker room guy that they really need to bring back along with Shelby Harris. This is a lot like the Buccaneers when we talked about them. They need to re-sign their own guys, right? They, they don't yeah. have to go out and get crazy. They just need to re-sign their own guys and then have a really solid draft. But to me, this offensive line has struggled for years, and they're pretty solid now. They could add to it, but they, I think they got, got to re-sign their guys. they got a young quarterback that played really well when he came in last year, but you got to protect him, and they want to run the ball. Uh, so, that, you know, they got those two pieces there. Uh, so I think it's more of resign your own guys and bring back a lot of what you had last year in the year two under Vic. And I think they're going to be really competitive. Jamie, you mentioned that you need you're you're looking at a wide receiver potentially as as something that they could bring in to bolster this offense for for Drew Locke. You have a couple of guys we've mentioned in in 
in the wide receiver category, Robbie Anderson, Brashad Perryman, Randall Cobb, Nelson Aguilar, are any of these guys a, a fit or a, a key target, do you think, for the Denver Broncos? You know, I would like to see another guy in the slot there, basically to replace what you lost when you traded Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I, I don't think Sanders is going back there, but Randall Cobb, it would be interesting to me. Um, I kind of like that safety blanket option for Drew Locke there, having him having Noah Fant and basically those two guys running in the middle of the field. Uh, I'd also like to see them add a, a more pass catching back uh, to that to that backfield to spell Philip Lindsay a little bit. Um, you know, they, they if I'm not mistaken, I believe late last offseason, they brought in Theo Riddick, but he just didn't really make much of an impact for them. Uh, maybe that's a that's a day three draft guy, but. I want to kind of give Drew Locke some more of these checkdown options. When you have a guy, you have a, a potential game breaker in Cortland Sutton on the outside. I'd like to see a little bit more safety options for him uh, in year two, just to give him more more chances to check down when he needs to, uh, and more of these short passing game, which would help open up the run game as well, because we know they're going to want to do that effectively, as Jake said. So, to me, getting a a veteran slot receiver again, different offenses, but very much the way uh, that Cole Beasley was able to help Josh Allen. Uh, I would like to see a similar situation in Denver for Drew Locke. Absolute phenomenal point, Jamie. I, I love Randall Cobb. I even like Aguilar, but there's going to have to be one of the cheaper guys. And I, I think both of those guys would fit. Uh, veteran guys, now Aguilar is not at anywhere near the career of Cobb, but I think he's going to be cheaper. So if they do resign all their guys, they're going to be strapped for cash. But I love that. Uh, the receiver from Penn State, I cannot think of his name, that they drafted along with Cortland Sutton, Super talented kid, but needs to come on. If he does, they're actually okay at receiver. They're just young. And then Royce Freeman behind uh, at, at running back there. I mean, I think they're okay. I agree with you. I, Theo Riddick would be awesome. I mean, I had a guy like that that's a veteran pass-catching guy that picks up the blitz. I, I think that's really the biggest thing they need is a guy that doesn't mind sticking his face in there when they're in shotgun that's going to pick up the blitz to protect this young quarterback. Because a lot of young quarterbacks will screw up a protection and turn somebody free, but that running back that's a veteran guy can pick that up. They still get the playoff. Uh, so while they do need weapons, all those little things like that, get they kind of go under the radar. But I, that's a great addition and a great point on having a, a veteran slot guy for a young quarterback to just be able to check it off. All right, guys, let's talk and move on to the Las Vegas, right? No longer the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, who – have been a, a talking point this offseason for a variety of reasons, right? One, they're moving to Las Vegas. Very exciting. Uh, a potentially, hopefully still hosting a, a draft event here at the end of April. Um, that will be to be determined. But the big, the biggest talking point, right, is that they have been linked to Tom Brady for some time. And it seems like Derek Carr has been linked to I don't know, 20 different teams, right? I, I see a different place that Derek Carr could end up going. And I, I really want to start off with that, right? And whether or not you guys think that Derek Carr is playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'll let you go first, Jamie. If you're you're putting your money down, is is Derek Carr playing for the Raiders this upcoming season? Yes, uh, I think he is because I don't think they're getting Tom Brady. And I don't think they're going to dip into like the Teddy Bridgewater area or the Phillip Rivers. I don't think they're going to go into that area uh, and try to move on from Derek Carr. I think you you moving on from Derek Carr if there's a, a Denver Broncos Peyton Manning situation available. That's the scenario where you move on from Derek Carr. Uh, but I, I don't see that happening for them. I don't see the Raiders being uh, the destination for Tom Brady. So I think they're going to roll back in the season with him. But uh, I'm the positive is that his contract is very movable. 
if in this mm-hmm. hypothetical scenario where Tom Brady decides he wants to play in Las Vegas or uh, I mean, right now, if they were trade him, they would free up 16 and a half million on the cap. And that would be his number for a new team next year, which is well below market value. So uh, it's not we've talked a lot about scenarios where teams couldn't make this move because it didn't make sense cap wise. This could make sense cap wise for everybody involved. I just don't think they're going to get the quarterback to make this move. Yeah, look, I mean, what if Tom Brady wants to win and he wants weapons? He wants it to be about him again. I can't see this being a fit. The contract overall for them is not terrible. By the way, when they introduced the Las Vegas Raiders, which is going to be harder to say than the Los Angeles Chargers, I'm finally getting used to that. <laughs> um, who who who'd they have up there ringing the bell? It was Derek Carr. He's the face of the franchise. They're too young, and they don't have enough superstars yet. If they're going to replace him, they got to replace him with another face of the franchise. Multiple years in this system, he played pretty well last year. I don't know what this hatred of wanting to move on from Carr is. I understand the intriguement with Tom Brady. If you're Gruden, I just don't see it working. That that defense isn't good enough. That secondary is young. It could be a lot better next year. I think they're a lot farther away from some of the other teams, even like the Chargers in their division, uh, if you're talking about where Brady's going to end up. So I think Carr absolutely is the quarterback there next year. Uh, they got some interesting stuff. I mean, they got to add weapons big time. Uh, you know, receivers were okay. Jamie's boy got hurt. You know, it was a foot. They didn't call it a Liz Frank, but it was a foot. Um, Josh Jacobs is a beast. The offensive line played pretty solid, but they got to add weapons. And then this defense is going to be okay, but they got to gel and they got to add linebackers. So to me, Corey Littleton makes a ton of sense. Uh, go back to Kwiatkowski and Martinez. Trevathan's already off the board. Josh Bynes makes sense. I mean, they got to add linebackers and they got to add linebackers that can run, but their defensive line played really well last year. All the draft picks were great. The kid from Mississippi State, the safety that I heard in the first game, is going to be an absolute beast. Um, so to me, it's, it's all on the offensive side of the ball, but I think Carr is definitely their quarterback. But they got plenty of cap space to make some stuff happen and add to the team they had last year. And then they got a lot of draft capital again. And this team yeah. went from, the, from the, like the oldest to the youngest in a year, and they could, they could continue to just build with really young players. One thing I want to jump in on before we stop talking about Derek Carr is the situation where we've talked about QB cap hits and where the league average is and where it becomes prohibitive for teams. The next three years for Derek Carr, it's 21 and a half, 22 and 20. That gives the Raiders an incredible amount of flexibility over the next three years. If they get yeah, even average quarterback play from Derek Carr. I mean, th- those and numbers are than average, right? Absolutely. So that that's why I'm saying, like, unless you think you're going to get a quarterback that's going to win you the Super Bowl this year, again, a Peyton Manning Denver situation, then you, it doesn't make sense to move on there. And look, they still need a number one wide receiver. They thought they had an Antonio Brown, and we all know how that ended. Uh, but Tyrell Williams <laughs> is a perfectly capable number two, especially when he's healthy. Hunter Renfro has really started to emerge as, as a, in his rookie year as a, as a quality slot guy. We all thought he was going to be. So Darren Waller was a just a, a amazing story and amazing season from them. So if they can get not even an elite number one, but even just a lower end number one wide receiver to pair with Tyrell Williams, they'll be in a really good spot. They're bringing back Jalen Richard. They obviously have Josh Jacobs for second year. They're in a pretty good spot offensively. They already re-signed Richie Incognito. Like they're in a good spot offensively. They're going to get healthier on defense, but they just really need to shore up that secondary, uh, shore up the linebacking core, and bring in one more wide receiver. This is going to be a competitive team. I know I've been very hard on the Raiders the last couple of years, but that's because they were doing stupid stuff at first. They've really started to turn things around, and their roster's in a really good spot at the moment. You guys hear that? You hear, you hear that noise? 
It's Al Davis. It's the ghost of Al Davis saying, give me rugs. I want the speed, baby. Just win, baby. John, take rugs in the first round, and we have our speed guy. And this offense looks pretty damn interesting if you do that. I mean, I think he's a great target for them because it just fits what the Raiders have always been, having that speed guy. Yeah, it's uh I thought you were gonna make a joke about the fact that Jamie is like talking semi nicely about the Raiders. Like, I, honestly, I didn't <laughs> I even know what to do. Too. I was like, Oh my gosh, am I gonna faint? I, I I think Raiders fans might actually come around to Jamie. Uh that was a positive note on the Raiders, but I'm in total agreement. I can't imagine I, I just from the very beginning since Tom Brady's been linked to the Raiders, I've thought to myself, why? Right? I just I don't there's reasons why it makes sense for him to go a lot of places, but for all the reasons that have been leaked to Jeff Darlington, right, who we know is very close within the Tom Brady camp, for the reasons for him to leave, make absolutely no sense for him to be in Las Vegas, right, where John Gruden has total control, arguably would be worse uh, from a total, from I have so much control in Belichick, right, at least on the semi the same level. And I, I just, I, I've never, I've never really understood it. I, I don't think his family's a really big part of his life. I don't envision that he's really enthused about bringing his kids to live in Las Vegas. I just, I've never, I, I just, I haven't got it from the very beginning. And Jamie, you bring up the best point of all of it. They have such a good opportunity with how, how team friendly Derek Carr's contract is that they can go they can be in a really, really good spot, right? And and I get it. If you have an opportunity to get Tom Brady, you try. But I think everybody in, in Vegas now and in Oakland before, I think you should be happy with Derek Carr. And you should give him an opportunity to to get some of these weapons and, and really get better uh, this offseason. Because I just, I don't see Tom Brady going there. So of the of the key free agents, because we kind of meanders around it, do you see them signing any of these guys you have listed here, Jamie? Uh, or do you see them addressing it more in the draft? I, I think they're just more in the draft. I think Carl Joseph is gone. DeAndre Washington is already pretty much gone. Um, and Daryl Worley. So no, I I, I don't see them. Uh, you know, look, Carl Joseph is, is a little bit of a sting, but they've been drafting and preparing for that. So I, I don't. I think they can deal with that just fine. Uh, I think they're going to look look toward the draft here, and they're going to see what they can do in free agency as far as filling in some of those linebacker holes with the names that Jake was talking about. Maybe they dip into the, the receiver market, but I think that's more the draft for them because I, I don't – I mean, yes, Robbie Anderson or Bashad Perryman would help this team, but I don't think those are the types of players the Raiders need to be overspending on because uh, I don't think those guys are clear, bona fide, no doubt number ones. I, I don't believe that's the case. Um, and, and Tyra Williams at times can be a little bit of a field stretcher when you need him to. Uh, you know, He's not a high-target volume guy. I think you need somebody to be a high-target volume guy on the outside. Uh, and I don't think that really fits what those guys do. So to me, you're spending money on defensive side and free agency. And I think they're gonna, I think there's a really strong chance they're taking a wide receiver uh, in the first round. Yeah, it's a great point. Robbie Anderson and, and Brashad Perriman both fit, but they're both Tyrell Williams. Like that's the exact same position, same kind of guy. And he already played well. Now, unless you're worried about that foot, you just signed him to pretty decent money last year. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I could see a really unique safety. I, I love Delpit. Or McKinney, I don't know if either one of them will be around. They have two first round picks, right? Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think they have to take yeah. Rugs, or if one of those other guys slips, I, I, I just, I just, to me, I think Rugs is all. I'm all over this. Uh, but if they took like McKinney or Delpit to add to that secondary, that's a very unique guy that could play a lot of multiple positions. Is then when you had the kid from Mississippi State, Abrams, I think. 
Last year, they looked so good. Yeah. It was a, it was a, just a dog who's in the box trying to beat people up. But if you've got one of those, you know, free safeties that's flying around the back end back there with both of those guys would be phenomenal. That'd be a hell of a first round to add to this, to this team. And guys, look, Derek Carr is going his third year in the system with John Gruden. He's played good, but he played good last year. None of this was on him. And at 21, 22 million, he's a top 18 guy. But that's – and look, he's fine with that. He's a team guy. He's classy as hell. He's handled this whole thing tremendously well. He's not going to be asking for more money. So you know you're locked into those three years with him. At that price, you could build a hell of a damn team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't think it makes any sense and to, to pretend as if that debacle that was Antonio Brown did not impact that team is to just be totally misunderstand, right? Like that – that whole distraction, I mean, it was debacle isn't even strong enough of a word to describe how much of a shit show, that's the word to use, that Antonio Brown situation was. And, and they, that was their plan, right? They thought they were going to have a legitimate wide receiver one with Derek Carr all season long. And that obviously didn't work out, guys. And I think obviously hindsight, probably now that they're not going to have to be paying him all these years. It worked out in their favor and they can go get somebody else, but the talent wasn't there, right? And and that's they didn't have a legitimate guy that they planned on having. So I think Derek Carr deserves the opportunity to have some more weapons around him. And and Jake brings up the 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 point, right? He's gonna play on that contract and he's gonna be team friendly. And he is the face of your franchise as you are going into a completely new market, right? And everybody just assumes, well, it's gonna be you know, a great environment. I can assure you, it's not going to be like the home field advantage that Oakland was. The black hole is a whole nother thing that is not going to be recreated in that new bougie Vegas stadium. Uh, I can, I've been, I've been close to it. And guess what? There's going to be a lot of opposing fans because every team that Oak, that I already did it, that Las Vegas plays, the, that's going to be the number one travel to game for every team that they play, right? And there's going to be a lot of opposing fans and it's not going to be the, intimidating environment that it wasn't in Oakland. I, I, at least I don't think it is. So I think they need to need to kind of keep Derek Carr and keep some identity as they try and transition into Vegas, because it's going to be, it's going to be totally different for them. Um, and and like, it's not going to be like the chargers, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be Oakland. No, it's going to be, instead of the black hole, it's the blackout hole. Like it just, it's <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah, one thing worth noting before we jump off the Raiders and go into the Chargers, because it's very similar ownership, there's not a lot of cash. Mark Davis and this ownership group don't have a ton of cash. And if this autonomy does take a hit, or if we're playing games in this brand new stadium without fans in it, the salary cap is one thing. Signing bonuses, cash operating expenses, that's a whole nother. You don't have to spend all that money. And we've heard all kinds of rumors we're talking about what's going on with the, Ra- the Raiders and why they've traded certain people in the last couple of years because they couldn't afford some of this stuff. Uh, the Chargers are very similar, going into a stadium that they don't own, that the Rams own, and not a ton of cash from ownership. The Chargers are better off than the Raiders, but guys, I man, you're talking about why would it make sense for Tom Brady to go there? Because I can see him end up with ownership when it's over with and how much money he would make by being in Ve- Vegas for the last couple of years of his career. From all accounts, that's not what he wants. But from a business point of view, that's the only reason why it would make sense. And the only thing that's been presented to me that would make sense for Tom Brady to go there. But before we talk about the Chargers and before we finish on the Raiders, I think it's worth noting, just because we're talking about salary cap and the numbers that are available, doesn't mean these teams can or will spend that. 
Oh yeah. Uh, that's it's a very good it's a listen, everybody assumes like, oh okay, they're they're just, they have this much available, they're gonna go spend it. No, look at what the Raiders have done over the last few years. They've traded away guys that they could afford, but they or on paper, right, with the salary cap, but they didn't want to pay those guys. So well, I couldn't. think the Yeah, couldn't, right? And, and I think for you, you bring up I, I think the interesting point about the Tom Brady stuff is a percentage of ownership, which I hadn't factored in. Uh, which would be totally different. It would create a, yeah. which if I was him, that would, I would never even have the conversation unless that was on the table, right? Which, which is I'm technically, sure. I think, against the, the CBA and you can't really yeah, have those conversations. The table. Yeah. Right. But it's like, yeah. look, when you retire, this yeah, is what's going to happen. Gonna... You know what I mean? It's, it's a agreed upon thing. But it's, it, but so what? Giselle made a hundred million dollars last year. Their family's okay. I, I mean, look, now per, <laughs> percent, look, the Raiders are worth probably three billion dollars plus. If not more, yeah. probably closer to three and a half. And if they this, if we're playing games in front of fans and this place is an awesome atmosphere, it's worth more than that. So while Mark Davis is worth that on paper, they don't have the cash. Go back and look at the history of the Raiders. How his dad end up with the team? Why they're moving in the first place? They are strapped for actual cash. The salary cap and the numbers we're talking about is kind of like the stock market. It's it's digital. It's fluid. It's not necessarily what you could get liquid to pay somebody. They've been hurting in that in the past, and they're still hurting in that until this new stadium and all these sweet, the sweet revenue is what killed them in Oakland, why they don't have any money and what they're going to make up for in Vegas. But that's assuming we're playing games in front of people. So they're still hurting on cash. So I think that's going to hurt with some of this free agent stuff. Yeah, that's good, good points to bring up and stuff that, that factors in when you're talking about the deals and the movement that's going to be made. I, I really... If you're if you're putting money on one way or the other, I think Derek Carr is the quarterback, and I can't imagine it's it's going to be Tom Brady. Although crazy things have happened that I never would have foreseen in the last forty eight hours, so like nothing's going to surprise me uh, anymore because it's it's just been a it's been a wild couple of days uh, for everybody. So I think it could get really really interesting at the beginning of next week. All right, we had some breaking news right ahead of the podcast, right? That Hunter Henry. Um, had been tagged. So I wanted to start off with that. Obviously, just as we transition into the LA Chargers, we've talked about, listen, they're moving on from Phillip Rivers. It's been reported that that's the decision that they're going to make. What are they going to do? They have a top 10 pick. Are they going to go get one of these guys that is available in free agency as a target? Jamie, let's start off specifically with that quarterback position because they have $57 million of cap space. They got 48 guys under contract, but they currently, as it's been reported, they don't have a guy who's going to lead that locker room. And man, Phillip Rivers has been there for a long time. So this is going to be really, really different going into next season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually closer to 47 now, uh, considering the Hunter Henry franchise tag. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, PJ Walker. No, uh, they, they got to figure out what they're <laughs> doing. Uh, they're going to have to figure out. Don't laugh. Someone's going to sign him as a backup. Um, but uh they're going to have to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position. Uh, obviously, they're moving on from Phillip Rivers, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. Are they are they a team that's in the Andy Dalton sweepstakes? Are they a team that I know uh, Jake's talked about a lot on previous podcasts? Do they go and try to trade some mid round capital? Go get Josh Rosen? Uh, do they take? I mean, do they take a quarterback with their first round pick? Do they trade up to take a quarterback with their first round pick? Uh, all of these things are going to have to figure out because you still look at the roster of this team, particularly on uh, on defense, and you go. And, and in the, and in the pass catching weapons and you go, this is a team that can make an impact. You still got Keenan Allen. You still got Mike Williams. You, you just re-signed Austin Eckler. 
Uh, you you just tagged Hunter Henry. You still have got you know Bosa like you, Bosa and Ingram. Like you have a lot of talent on this team, but this is a team that's chronically underperformed and has been dealing with injuries like nobody's business the last few years. But I don't know if they're going to be in a spot where they want to, for lack of a better phrase, waste the season when they have a roster that's only going to get more expensive as things go on. In, in a tough division, I'm curious to see what they what they do. I know a lot of people have them taking a quarterback in the first round, but they might have to get creative and find someone that can help them win now in free agency. So they're one of the most intriguing teams for me to watch. Other than Joe Burrow, there's not a quarterback that's ready to come in and play now. So if we if everything goes like we've talked about, and Tua goes at five to the Dolphins after Burrow goes one to the Bengals, I can see them taking Herbert, but I can also see him trading a third or fourth round pick for Rosen and Tyrod Taylor has a great relationship with Anthony Lynn. And I think they're okay with putting Tyrod Taylor in right now. They've re-signed Eckler. Melvin Gordon's going to be gone. They got to get Adrian Phillips back, in my opinion. They got to get Schofield back, in my opinion. This offensive line has been bad for years. They also traded for Trey Turner. So to me, none of this points towards they, they can waste the season. Anthony Lynn's also on the hot seat. You're going into a new stadium, uh, like I said, that the Rams own and the city that the Rams own. And this team is still really talented on paper. So, I mean, if you ended up with Tyrod Taylor, Josh Rosen, and you do draft a quarterback at six or seven, wherever they're picking, uh, and say it's Herbert, Herbert's not ready to play necessarily right now. And if Herbert looks better than Rosen and Tyrod's your guy for a year, Tyrod's a team guy. He can go back to being the backup, and Herbert can be the starter next year, and Rosen's on his fourth team in four years. Or Rosen's a talented dude. Maybe he comes in and plays. Maybe he looks better. You can afford all of that on your cap and bring these other guys back. And if they bring those guys back and then they have a solid draft, we've talked about their weapons. They need more running back help, but they got Eckler back and they're going to lose Gordon, as I said. This team, st- I mean, I could pick them to go to the Super Bowl last year. We all love them on paper. Yeah. They're also practicing in like Thousand Oaks at a high school stadium and somebody's business building is their football complex. It's not been the easiest thing in the world to go from San Diego to LA from what they've been dealing with. If they can finally stay healthy, as Jamie mentioned, this team is banged up as hell for the last couple of years. They're as talented as anybody. And they only need better than they only need they only need better than average. They just need average quarterback play. Tyrod Taylor, I think, could be sufficient for them to win a lot of games with the way this defense is. If they commit to run the ball and they don't turn it over a ton. They turn it over a ton this year. They just didn't play complimentary football. But you can bring those guys back, and to me, that quarterback situation makes a lot of sense. Although I will say all of that, if they get Andy Dalton instead of him going to New England when Brady leaves, I like this team. Especially Andy Dalton yeah. at $17 million because now it's not really killing you on the cap. You can sign a lot of these guys back. Maybe you go get another piece. And if you have a solid draft, I like this team a lot. They've got to be one of the most intriguing teams to pay attention to, right? Because of, because of the fact that they're picking where they're picking, but we all agree they have so much talent on this roster, right? Where Whereas other teams that are picking in those positions don't necessarily have the roster. But their big thing has been, I don't know if they need to check what their water is or what their training staff's doing or whatever. It seems like this team deals with more injuries than any other team in the league. They always have this this injury bug that kind of sits with them. And Phillip Rivers to not at least discuss in some capacity that that he did look like he took a regression last year is to not talk about what happened, right? He's still, he's still got that competitive fire. And I think him in a new environment could potentially be great, but he did regress last year. They did turn over the ball a lot last year. And I think if Andy Dalton comes in, 
it's a totally different environment. But they're being mocked to quarterbacks in that first round. And Jake, I think you brought up a good point. If it's a guy like Herbert, there's a lot of upside there, but I don't know that he's ready to take over this locker room right away. So do you envision them, if you're, if you're, if you could take a guess right now, do you think it's a better proposition for them that they go get a guy who plays now? Because I think the Anthony Lynn thing and the, the whole move in LA plays a factor here that they're, they're in a window of time where they got to make something happen here pretty quickly. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios. And I'm going to tell you, you guys tell me what you think of this team when I get done with this. I'm not taking Herbert at six. I'm taking Makai Becton or Wills or, or Tristan Wirfs. And I'm solidifying the right side of this offensive line, period, end of story. I'm going to trade for Andy Dalton. And if I'm going to give up a third because New England only wants to give up a fifth, I can live with that. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor in the second round. Now, I'm going to have Andy Dalton, Jonathan Taylor, star right tackle. I got Eckler in the backfield. I got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. That means Eckler can play the same role because he can't carry the whole load. Replace Wisconsin with Wisconsin. Those receivers and this, the rest of this team stays healthy. This defense was phenomenal two years ago. They just got beat to hell. What do you guys think of that team? Because that is that all of that is very viable. They can afford all of that. They can still bring back Phillips. They can string, still bring back Schofield. And they still got enough money to move some stuff around because Andy Dalton's only a $17 million. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, that that's an incredibly interesting team. And I think that's that's the key is that you look at all the talent on this roster. And even if you don't add Jonathan Taylor, even if you maybe you spend that on another player on defense or another player on the line and you just roll with Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. I think that's 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 been a formula that's been proven to be pretty decent for you the last couple of years when Melvin Gordon's either been out or sitting out or whatever it's been. This is a team that is in a position to make an impact. They just need to get some sort of positive play from the quarterback position, limit the turnovers and stay healthy and this is this team is as as competitive as any other team in the AFC. There's just a lot of question marks right now. Look, you can't draft health. You know what I mean? You, you can't go into the draft when you first yeah. pick on keeping guys healthy. But to me, it's it, this is where you start to see teams make a big jump in the standings when you have a team that was extremely injured and playing a ton of close games that gets a high draft pick and that can make a move the next year. Again, it's not apples to apples, but think about a team like San Francisco, a team that yeah. was beat up, had a ton of talent, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, picked really high, added an immediate impact player to the team, got healthy, and made a run. There's and no had decent quarterback play that didn't turn it over. Yeah, there's no reason why the Chargers can't do something similar. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a, a really good point, Jamie, right? There's always, there's always a team who ends up last who goes to first, right? It's been, I don't remember how many years of the last, but it's a, it's a ridiculous statistic that every year there's a team that goes from worst to first, right? And it's that's a, a perfect example of San Francisco last year, right? And the Chargers kind of fit that that same mold that they're going to get a really good pick at the position they're picking in, and they're they're a really talented team. I mean, Jake brought it up. I, both of us, I can't remember if it was all three of us, but I know I did, and I know Jake did. We picked him to go to the Super Bowl last year, and this team finished in last place in their division. I mean that that it was a huge letdown last season. And they're going to roll back with a lot of the same guys. The The big factor here is, as we talked about, who is going to play quarterback for this team? And I think if Andy Dalton's the guy, that puts them in a, in a really good position. But Andy Dalton might be the guy in New England, 
right? And if you're Andy Dalton, which situation are you choosing? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm going to guess. I'm choosing the Chargers. Right? Easy. I, I, I would choose the Chargers. I would choose the Chargers because there's way more weapons there than there are in New England. But And the expectations in New England are And the defense is phenomenal, and you're under the radar. There, yes. Look, there's, yes. There, look, here's the thing. Bill Belichick's only given up so much for Andy Dalton. He'll ride it out yeah. with Jared Stidham, cheap, where the Chargers can go, I'll give you a three, I'll give you a four, where Bill's only going to give you a five, and he goes to the Chargers instead. They can afford to give him a long-term deal and restructure his contract, and then it's even more beneficial to them. Here's the thing with the Chargers, guys. We'll play a little game here. Best corner in the division of the AFC West. Best what team does he reside on? Yes, Casey Hayward. He resides with the Chargers. Casey Hayward Best and safety. the Chargers. And we're, this is all assumptions. We're assuming that they are healthy. Okay? Yeah. Best safety in the AFC West. Derwin James. James. Okay. Best pass rusher in the AFC West. Joey Bosa. Arguably Joey Bosa. Who's the second? Von Miller. If healthy, Von Miller, probably. Melvin Ingram? Melvin Ingram? Melvin Ingram, yeah, probably. Melvin okay. Ingram. Okay. Uh, who's who's the best receiver in the AFC West? It's probably Keenan Tyreek Allen, Hill. For my money. Or Keenan Allen. Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, top, top, right there. Who's the best tight end? If healthy. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Kelsey then Hunter Henry is probably two. And Waller, they got good ones, but you got one of the best. Yep. I, I mean, so to I me, like this, I like this. I like this game. The game is that the Chargers have in every major position somebody that's either the top or arguably at the top, right? Like, okay. Now it's, add it's Andy Dalton to this team and tell me that they're not going to give up more for Andy Dalton than New England will, because they it will. makes a hell of a lot of damn sense. Where are they lacking? It doesn't point to me that they take Herbert at six. It's easy for all these mock guys, and we're in draft season. We're on the draft network. To say, oh, they're gonna, they need a quarterback. They're gonna take that. Andy Dalton's better than Herbert. He's ready to play right now. He's got veteran experience and he's still young. Young no, enough. They need an offensive line. Okay? That's what they, they need to take like, a right tackle, solidify that offensive line. It's easy. Then if they got free agency, they can still, they can still bring a guy in. They traded for Trey Turner. And you're talking about a freaking dominant right side of the line right there. If that's the case. Okay. Add another running back. This team could beat the Chiefs. This team, if, if healthy, can contend for this division title. There's, I, I, with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. With Tyrod Taylor, I think they win 11 or 12 games. They can. If this defense, they have to stay healthy. We just talked about how injured they've been. Guys, this, this team is talented as hell. But it, to me, it does not point to Herbert being the quarterback. Man, I can't even imagine what it'll be like next season if the uh, if the old Chargers end up winning the division, right? And it's not, and it's not Mahomes. Like, I, I, listen, the NFL is so great because this is not a stretch. Right. It's not. It's not a stretch that this could happen, that the Chargers sign Andy Dalton, all the things that we just for talked about happen. Right. Which isn't really that much. Right. It's really not that much to see Andy Dalton making that move, them shoring up their offensive line, them actually getting to stay semi healthy. Right. And this team ended up in first place. Who's a better who's a better team on paper? The Chargers or the Chiefs? The Chargers. The it's Chargers, not even close. Who's the greatest yeah. player in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes, they just won the damn Super Bowl. If the yep. Chiefs don't stay healthy, and they don't add to me, they got to add some more weapons. They got to have at least not more top end weapons. They got to add more depth because I don't think that they can stay as healthy as they've been. Kelsey's got concussion problems. Tyreek Hill got hurt this year. They have to stay healthy. Mahomes has to play at that level, which we all know he can, and we all expect him to play there. But if the offensive line gets hurt, and we just talked about how dominant this Chargers defense can be if they're healthy. 
look, this division, as Jamie said before we even previewed it, is going to be one of the best in football. Uh, the Raiders yeah. are going to be better. The Broncos have a chance to make the playoffs. The Chargers could win the Super Bowl again. Not again, but they, we could all pick them. You know what I mean? Like, they could be in that talk. And then, by the way, last year's Super Bowl winning team was the Chiefs. They're still at the top of it. Look, yeah, the Chargers, is... you break this down, the Chargers are as talented as anybody in the league. They need good quarterback play. They need to not turn over, and they got to play complimentary football. And if that defense stays healthy, they're going to be freaking dominant again. I knew I was going to be excited about this division, but after spending, what, 51 minutes on it, I'm more excited about it, right? So the fact that it's March 13th sucks because, one, I don't have any March Madness to distract me, and now I have to sit here and be more excited about football without watching any. So I'm going to end the the podcast because we spent enough time on the Chargers. I'm going to end the podcast by saying that if you have any good recommendations for what to do with the time that I was going to spend watching March Madness and NBA playoffs and everything else that was going to be going on, uh, feel free to send it my way. Because the only the only recommendation I'm getting from the Draft Network team is to grind tape. That's the only. So I get <laughs> I get hit with all 22 nonstop. They're like, hey, watch this play. Watch this play. No, send me something else. Send me something else to watch. Uh, maybe it's, I, I might rewatch the 90s Bulls finals. My dad said he's got them on VHS and he wants to bring the player over. I don't <laughs> you know. Got, do you have a VHS player? Yeah, he's got a V, he has a VHS player. He wants to bring over. I don't know what kind of cord I'm going to have to acquire to get that thing to plug into my actual TV, but it, w- we'll figure it out. Right. And my dad wants, my dad's like, Oh, let's watch the 90s Bulls. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I will, I will definitely watch that. Uh, so that's, that's what we're going to, that's what I'm more than likely going to be doing. So if you have any other recommendations, please feel free to send them my way. Jake, do you have any parting thoughts on today's podcast? Uh, yeah, this division is going to be really good and a lot of fun. And I just, we've talked about how incredible Monday through Wednesday could be. It's going to be, there's no way it's not going to be. I mean, we're just talking about like Andy Dalton is like the forgotten guy. Josh Rosen's a forgotten guy. Josh Rosen was a 10th pick two, two years ago. You're talking about all these freaking quarterbacks and it's not just Tom Brady. I mean, seriously, you add some of these guys. We didn't talk about Bridgewater maybe going to the Chargers. If they don't get yep. Tom Brady and they get, and they get Teddy Bridgewater, they can afford to do it. They're still pretty damn good. If, if Tyrod Taylor's your backup and Teddy's your starter, we're still having the same as that conversation. I'm, to I'm me, in, this I'm is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And if the Raiders are the worst team in this division, they're still an eight and eight plus team. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be that scenario that we've talked about quite a few times where it was Bruce's first year in, in Arizona and there were three teams that won 10 games or more, right? Like it was like, it's in the NFC West or the Cardinals end up with nine wins and the two teams above them, the Seattle Seahawks and the, and the 49ers were both incredible teams in the NFC. So this could be that scenario, right? Where you have, you have four teams that could be really, really good next year. And I think this division is going to be awesome. Jamie, your parting thoughts on today's podcast. I just, I, that I agree with you guys. I think there's a legitimate chance that there's no team with a losing record in this division, which would be extremely interesting as we talk about the, the playoff push and whatever that becomes. Uh, and then one last quick note. We've talked about these guys on previous shows, uh, as prime cut candidates and they, and they just got cut, uh, in the last few minutes. That would be Xavier Rhodes in Minnesota and Delaney Ooh. Walker in Tennessee. Ooh, okay. Xavier right. Rhodes well, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. That's calling, uh, calling it now on this show. Okay. Calling it now, taking a shot. We'll pay attention to it and revisit it on Monday when we inevitably have quite a bit to talk about 
uh, and, and Wednesday and Friday and next week's going to be awesome. I'm excited for the new league year, uh, on a, on a more serious note, please everyone take care of yourselves, wash your hands, be careful, take it seriously. I think if we take it seriously, we can be through this sooner. So just be careful, wash your hands, take care of yourselves, be healthy. Um, and, and try not to act crazy. I've already seen quite a few people telling stories about people fighting in grocery stores and whatever. It's a good time for us as Americans to band together and, and act nice to your neighbors, uh, not crazy to your neighbors and fighting. So just on a, on a more serious note, just take it easy. Everybody's going through the same thing. Let's just try and be responsible. Uh, over the next couple of weeks as we all navigate this together. Uh, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Very well said, Paige. Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And let's get the CBA done this weekend, too. Yep. Jamie? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And to piggyback off Paige's comments, uh, we do not condone people stabbing each other over water bottles like we had seen last yeah. night on if you were yeah. on Twitter. Uh, just be, be smart. Just in general, yeah. just in life, just be smart. Yep. Use, use common sense, guys. You, uh, it's not By the way, if you're in Arizona, go out in your backyard. You're not going to run out of water for a while. Yeah, no Everybody, kidding. Everybody's got a pool. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, you don't need to stab anybody over a water bottle. Toilet paper, no. maybe. They're yeah, not turning listen, off the Totally a joke. Totally a joke. That whole toilet paper <laughs> thing is ridiculous. Listen, guys, it's not the zombie apocalypse. You're not going to walk outside and contract anything that's going to kill you. Uh, so just relax a little bit, right? Take it seriously, but also just calm yourselves. Fear is a scary thing that can make people do crazy stuff, as in what Jamie said. So just take it easy on people. Check on your elderly family members, your elderly neighbors. They're the ones who are uh, more at risk and might need a little help, right? So just... Just be a be a good neighbor, be a good family member, be a good friend. Uh, you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page uh, and be sure to check out everything on the draftnetwork.com because draft season is still happening no matter what happens on in the outside world. So check everything out on the draftnetwork.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.